Hello, Saubona, how's it, Molo, Jumbo, and welcome to the Everyday Nation Podcast. We hope this message will inspire you and draw you closer to Christ. Enjoy. We had a great time last week, Sunday, and uh, the Lord has been ministering a lot in our hearts over the week. So yeah, so today, before we start, uh, I, I just sense a, a, a sense of unity, and I was just amazed, firstly, by our by our national anthem. You know, guys, we are living in an amazing country. And you know what? Many times, um, we, we are, it's quick for us to see all the bad and the wrong and the corruption and what people are not doing and what they can do. But hey, we have an amazing country. And one of the first things that I see is we are diverse. You know, we've got Swanas here, we've got Sutus, we've got whites, we've got Africanas, you know, we've got Indians, we've got colors. Everyone is in this room. You know, and we are a nation that also welcomes other nations into our own nation. And we are a nation that is able to live peacefully with other nations in the midst of everything that is happening. So it's a, we have a very beautiful country. And may we never lose sight of that beauty. Even though we do elections on Wednesday and thereafter, may we never lose sight that we are preserving the beauty that God has given us. You know, and we are maintaining the beauty that God gave us. So one of the amazing things that I saw this morning was, Lord, wow, women, you know, I've always known the national anthem, but today it just came, it was just new today. And one of the key things that came was, Distem Fan said Africa. Uh, I'm just going to read this. Uh, it is a poem written by C.J. Langehoven in May 1918. The music was composed by the Reverend M. L. de Villiers in 1921, and it still stands today. Now, 1921, you can do your numbers, and up until now. But I think what I love the most was I saw the Reverend there. It was composed by a Reverend, you know, and a Reverend, come on, is a man after God's heart, you know. And then we have Ukosi Sikeleli Africa, and it was composed in 1897 by Enoch Sontonga, a Methodist mission school teacher. Now look at South Africa. Look at South Africa rooted with such godliness in it. And no one up until today, no party up until today has ever had the boldness to challenge our national anthem. And yet our national anthem, it prays to God. How beautiful is that? Now that to me shows me that we are a godly nation, you know, and when we vote on Wednesday, we are continuing to vote in a nation that is godly. Amen. Guys, we're going to do Nkosi Sigeleli Africa this morning. Can we all stand? Can we all stand? Can we all stand? Thank you, A.V. So I've provided for people like you and me, for some of us who don't know some of the words. So, so yeah, so A.V. is going to help us just now. All right, so there won't be sound. We're going to be doing it together, you know. So, yeah. Let go sisigeleli Africa. Malu paganye su pondo loayo. zo yetu Sigelela tina 
lusapolwayo morena bolo ka sechaba sa yesu o fedi setin twali machwe o sebolo ke o sebolo ke sechaba sa yesu Sichabasa, South Africa, South Africa, a diplofan on Samuel, a diplofan on Samuel, a diplofan Sounds the call to come together and united we shall stand. Let us defense for freedom. In South Africa, our land. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Why was my mic on? You know, Lord. Yeah, yeah. Sure, church. So this is the beauty of our nation, you know. Uh, Unity is in us, you know, and may we prayerfully never lose sight of that, that we are a united nation, you know. So last week, we, we started a series on nation building, and it, it's leading towards elections. And some of the things we touched on there was, yes, you are a Christian, and then what? You know, yes, you are made in the image of God, and then so what? Oh, yes, no, Jesus died on the cross, and then he rose again, and then what? There has to be a difference between us being Christians and someone who's not a Christian. Someone who's not a Christian. We also touched on the vision of God, that God has a vision for our city. And we spoke about how to choose leaders. That's what we spoke about last week. If you missed that, please check out our podcast on our Every Nation Deben website. We also talked about how we need to vote in line with God's vision and applying the principles of the Bible because we are Christians and that is the then what that we are answering. We also realize that it's not about the party. Uh, Pastor Wayne mentioned that, you know, sometimes when you are black, it's so easy. You are known to vote for ANC or EFF or when you are dealing with land issues, you are known to vote for EFF or BLF, for example, you know, but it is not about that anymore. Avi, I think I need your help here. Thank you. So it is not about that and those are the things we spoke about. So today we're going deeper, uh, uh, slightly deeper, because we have three nights left. So the the deepness we're going into today will make you not to sleep the next three nights. Hallelujah. (laughs) Yeah, because you're going to be praying uh, until Wednesday. Amen. Slide AV. So if you look at our opening scripture, Romans 12 verse 2. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, 
pleasing and perfect will. And this is the heart of Christianity, that may we never conform to the pattern of the world. And we will never, I will personally never get tired of saying this verse because it, 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 it's a verse that reminds me on a daily basis, by, hey, sobs, don't conform today. Don't conform today. So may we not conform. As we prepare for elections, because we are Christians, because we are the chosen generation, because we are made in the image of God, we pray before we vote. We pray for our city with our families, and we pray for our leaders, because that's who we are. Because when we vote, we vote for peace. We vote for a nation that will remain united. We vote for a nation that, will, that will, is in line with the vision of God. That is how we vote as Christians. So today we will understand that what is government and who is government and our role in that. And church, one thing that I'd like to encourage you, you know, uh, we may not read every scripture in church, but I'd like to encourage you that you go deeper in the word. And when you go deeper in the word, please under, put yourself in the author's position. Are you with me? Now, this, is, this may be new for some of you. Put yourself in the author's position. I'll make an example. When I'm driving to Umtata and I tell you a story, you need to imagine why I was telling you that story and what words did I use. Here's an example. I went to Umtata. I was driving my V6 engine, and I got there in two hours, and I was driving alone. Now, already, some of you are like, okay, you got to Umtata. Praise the Lord. And some are like, no, there was a V6 engine as well. So that means there were a number of engines that, were, that could have been there. You know? And then there's a time factor that I've mentioned on my trip, that it took me two hours to get there. I might have not been a Christian if I had uh, there two hours. But, but it took me two hours to get there. So now, what does putting yourself in the author's position say? You understand, why was I telling you about the engine? Why was the engine so important to me to write to you? Also, why was time important for me to write to you? So that means this verse that you're reading, it is not just about me getting home. There are details that you need to look at. And because we do not have enough time to go in the Word together, when you read the Word, please put yourself in the author's position. And try to understand where did he come from because the Bible is inspired by the Holy Spirit. And there's something that the Holy Spirit wants us to catch. It's so easy sometimes to take the word and say, the Lord is my shepherd. Yes, the Lord is my shepherd. And you walk away. And then you forget that the shepherd, you are following the shepherd. That the shepherd will steer you. Yeah, the Lord is my shepherd and you do your own thing. But actually, if you look at the word shepherd... Because there's a reason why shepherd was put there. You understand? So may we put ourselves in the author's position. Amen. And not just take the word for what it says. So that is what we do as uh, ministers of the word. Okay, so you also can do the same thing we do. You know, we put ourselves in the author's uh, position. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this morning. Minister to us, Lord. Speak through my lips, Lord, and let your word fall into hearts that are ready to receive your word. We silence every voice that is not of you right now, mighty God, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Firstly, we've got to understand as we go for elections and after the elections that government belongs to God. Amen. And as a church, 
if it's not belong, if it's showing signs of not belonging to God, we need to pray for that. That because we need to take it rightfully to the owner. Let's look at Isaiah nine six. For uh, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulder, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. But let us also see how the government started because government started in the bible okay so let us also see in the bible how it started now the next slide genesis 128 okay i love umamu Knox. Uh, she loves the beginning the beginning yeah so uh, umamu Knox loves the beginning and uh, i also love the beginning and what is important about the beginning is that we get to understand god's heart and God's intention. And the fascinating part is when you see in the New Testament that it never changed. Genesis 1.28 says, God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea in the sea, the birds in the sky, and every living creature that moves on the ground. Now, they were created in God's image. And since God is ruler over all, we also need to understand there's no way here where it says rule over each other. So God created the world for them and he said, hey, my children, go and rule. Go and subdue the earth. That meant go and govern what I've given you. Go and maintain and take care of what I have given you. So that is when government started. So as we vote, may we also remember that government starts with us, the children of God. How we, how we take care of what God has given us, we also have a role, like the same government we're voting for, we have an equal role but parallel to them, to take care of what God has given us. So it is important that we understand our role in society and not go and vote. And after the vote, you're like, okay, fine, I'm sitting down. Do what you told me you're going to do. Yeah, you give me the land. I wanted the land. Uh, give me the land. You know, and Jesus said, uh, you will provide uh, jobs for us and I'm voting for you. Give me the job. You understand? We also have a role to pray, uh, play. And that is the self-government that God gave us, that it starts with us. Let's look at the next uh, slide. The Lord took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. Jesus has instructed us for public office to serve people. And if we see here, we were given... So, so, so let's go to the, to the book of Genesis. So God made man. So when God made man, man was still connected to God. And God's intention was to have a relationship with man. And that is why we're here today. God has a relationship with us. So when God said subdue the earth and rule over it, they were ruling it in relationship with God. So therefore, self-government started with God and is combined with God. You cannot have government away from God. That is why when we pray, for leaders, that is why when we pray for political parties, we need to understand that, that we need to call what we want to see and how things should be. Amen, church. Okay, so Luke 22, 25 to 26, it says, Jesus said to them, the kings of the Gentiles lord it over them, 
and those who exercise authority and those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors. But you are not to be like that. Instead, the greatest amongst you should be like the youngest. And the one who rules like the one who serves. Like the one who serves. So, as we pray, church, and as we trust God to show us how to build our nation, we need to pray for a democracy that has right foundations. The Bible makes it clear that the greatest amongst you must serve. And you are not to be served, but you are to serve. So we have got, yes, democracy is a beautiful thing for our country, but it has some things here and there that we need to address from a spiritual level. Amen. And we may look at some of the rights and freedom traces. They, if you look at some of the human rights we have, they are linked to what the Bible says. So that's the beauty of our constitution. Because even if you were to look at the Old Testament, the, the, the Israel people, they had their own constitution as well. You know, and this is where you saw the Ten Commandments. That was their constitution, which was, gui- which was guiding them on how to live. It is the same thing with us, with us as a democratic nation. We have a constitution as well, and I praise God that some of the rights there, we can see them in the Bible. So may, may we take pride in that and not just see a constitution as this bad thing that was written and to, to violate and exploit men. Today, essay we celebrate the fact that we're a constitutional republic. And also, even though our constitution is not perfect, but it is, arguably, it is one of the best. It is one of the best in the world. You know, it is arguably... Uh, who is Dr. Nkeka? Dr. Nkeka, what is that word? You know, but it is known to be one of the best. You know, and so the fundamental rights and the freedoms that we have, they are mostly sound. So I'm just showing church that there's a good side in the nation that we have. So as we head for the polls, for the sixth democratically elections, may we just take that in mind, that we have a constitution, and some of the things we have in the constitution, they are in the Bible. And may we embrace that and enjoy that moment, because this, before, in the times of Obab Koza, you know, in the times of Obab Udlamini, yeah, I won't open some wounds. I believe that the Lord has healed you, Babkoza. But there, was, there were people who challenged the state we are in today. And some of them may have been led by God. We believe they were led by God because God wanted the best for this nation. So as we go on Wednesday, may we never lose sight of that. I've got a video that is going to play, a video clip by Chief Justice and uh, AV is going to put, put it on just now uh, for us. While AV is setting up, there we go. Lord, help us, Lord, to identify and root out all those who are incompetent, purporting to serve us when in fact they are serving themselves, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. My father, next year is the year for the elections. Lord God Almighty, we pray. Let nobody, Father God, who is incompetent, be elected, Lord, to a position of responsibility. 
Do not allow anybody, Lord, who is not able. Do not allow anybody who has the capacity to lead, to be appointed, Lord, or elected to a position of responsibility, to a position of leadership, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. And now we're going to pray for leaders who fear God. When you have a man who fears nobody or a person who fears nobody, when the money is around and he looks around, nobody seems to see the money is gone. So we're going to say, Father, Lord, give us men and women of integrity. Even if they are not Christians, but as long as they are sold out to what the Constitution is about. We've always had people of integrity. It gets better when they are Christians. Let us pray for people who fear God or people who are committed to respecting, upholding, and, uh, and uh, defending the constitution of our country. Let us pray. My Father and my God, we pray, Lord, for leaders. Amen. Amen. Let's give a hand to God. So, so this is what we pray for, church. And I wanted to show this, that when you see such boldness, then you must know that our prayers are being heard and leaders are rising. What we pray for here, and you think that no man, there can never be a leader uh, who would be a Christian and be as bold as he, he was, then I want you to be encouraged today that when we pray for leaders to rise, that's what we pray for. I'm sure there are many of the leaders who have risen who have, we have not heard or have not been broadcasted like him, but that is good. And that is the nation that we are trusting God for. Amen. 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 Can we give God a hand? Can we give God a hand? Amen. 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 So here's what an essay journalist had to say via Twitter for those who are in Twitter. So he says, don't let mediocre politicians and policies make you forget an inspiring truth about the 8th of May 2019. It will only be the sixth time in at least 367 years that all South Africans will be able to choose their leaders. That alone is something to celebrate. Yeah. Now, let's imagine a nation where, you know, before, before, before this month, before this year, I, I will be honest with you, I, was, I told myself I'm not voting. And, uh, you know, and the Lord had to deal with me. Because I had issues that, no man, this voting thing is not in the Bible, you know. So I'm confessing now, I didn't tell you last week Sunday, you know. But, but, but God dealt with me uh, in that area. And the area he addressed was the issue of accountability. That if we had, uh, I, I even remember last year, because I tried to win me to vote. But I was like, I'm not voting, I'm not voting, you know. But here's what God laid in my heart. That sobs, we need to hold people accountable. You know, and when we vote, irrespective of which party you vote for, but leaders are going to be held accountable by other leaders. And that changed my perception of elections. That now, because some of you may be like, oh, no, they are going to win anyway. They are never going to win anyway. But when you look at parliament, there are seats that are occupied by parties. And my heart now, I am now voting from a place of accountability. So that 
the will of God still happens. The question of whether I'm going to vote for ABF or be what, what, uh, you know, that is what I now need to pray for. That, Lord, who and which leader or party do I need to vote for? Amen. Let's look at roles because I, I was traveling from Umtata and I was looking at this thing. I was like, Lord, who, why, why, are, why are politicians making promises? You know, I promise to give you jobs, and I promise uh, that there will be no load shedding again, you know, and the economy will do that. And then I asked myself a question. I, at Toyota, the Toyota company is owned by Japanese, and it's not owned by South Africa. So if the Japanese choose not to invest in South Africa, that means over 1,000 people in SA will lose jobs because there are also suppliers all over the same nation who are feeding, uh, who are supplying parts to... So as a result, there's a model that is planned to come, but it is depending on the company itself. So that has no government influence. It is depending on the employees of Toyota to make the right quality car to be bought by the market, right? So if Toyota does not make the quality car, you are not going to buy the car or if it's too expensive, you are not going to buy the car. Then what's going to happen? Toyota is going to close. There's no government intervention there, right? So government has put in the systems uh, who must be employed, who must not be employed, which are still being debated, but the growth of Toyota and employing more people is depending on the people working inside Toyota. Are you with me? So let's look at the roles quickly, because we tend... To, uh, we see all these promises, and the next thing when you are unemployed, and come you voted, and your party wins, or does not win, and then you're like, oh, I'll never work, because the, the party that I voted for said it would give me jobs. And the next thing now, you are going to the head office, and you're saying, hey, I want my job, you said you're going to give me the job. And the next thing, you are mobilizing a strike outside Pretoria, because you said, give me the job, and you're not giving me the job. Are you following me here? So who, is the, who, who provides here? Is it politicians? Is it government? Or is it God? And we've got to align this thing. We've got to align this thing. Look at this. There's a, one of the Toyota companies, uh, it closed. I think it was in Australia. It closed. Not because of the government, but it was because of the people who were producing not good cars. And it closed. It shut down completely. And we have been threatened by that as well, that if we do not improve our quality, if we don't improve our service, we're going to shut down. So who's making promises here? Whose responsibility here? Yes, I don't say that government doesn't have a role to play in terms of negotiating and having meetings, but we also have a role to play. Another question for you is, uh, right now we've recently started a business in Umtata that you know, a bakery, and... If, if government is going to provide jobs, I'm not saying government can never provide jobs, but I, I want us to look at the promises that is it God or is it government? Now, when God showed us the business, when God showed us Gem Cafe, no politician or government said there's a gap uh, start Gem Cafe outside here. You understand? No government came in here and said, hey, when we live here, we buy KFC and, and the yada yada and so forth. Now, God spoke to you, you saw a gap, and now we have Gem Cafe. Amen. You saw a, a, a kitchen that was not used, and you use that. Right now, you have two or three employees. In Umtata, we've got eight or nine employees who were unemployed before. 
Now, that was not a government intention, a government thing speaking. It was God speaking, saying, hey, I'm raising a child of God to, to make a difference in your community. So, so who's, who makes promises here? Is it God or is it government? Are you with me? Let's look at another scenario. Government says, okay, fears have fallen, praise the good Lord. Hallelujah. And then you go to varsity, you study. And then when you're a child of God, you pass by 40% or 50%. And then you think, I'm going to take you in my company. Uh, when, when there's someone who was passing by 80%. You understand? And then you had opportunities on campus or in your community to be involved in leadership. And you are not involved in leadership. And then this guy here was involved in leadership. You understand? And then you say, I must take you over him. And then you say, there are no jobs. Do you understand? We have a responsibility to play. We have a responsibility to play. And it starts with us. There's a lady who used to be here. She was unemployed. And she stayed in Umlazi. And she was like, so I'm trusting God for her work. I'm like, yes, praise the good Lord. And she's a teacher. I was like, okay, how about you teach students in your community in the meantime? You're a teacher and you love teaching. How about you help them with maths in the meantime? Do you know that, what that could do to your CV? You understand? So when government is saying, I'll provide jobs, yes, praise the Lord, we also have a role to play. We also have a role to play, equal to the government, but parallel. Amen. So we have a role to play, and that's what we need to understand. So for me personally, maybe Bob Cosa is going to deal with me later, but my view is... <laughs> But my view is that God, his promises are yes and amen. Men, tomorrow may not be there. So as we vote, I'm not voting because of promises made. I am voting because of what God is saying. You make a promise or not, it's irrelevant to me. Yes, I pray that you meet that promise. And I pray that I hopefully sit with you in a meeting one day and we talk about that promise. You understand? But my role is not because you made a promise, but it is because of what God has laid in my heart for this nation. Amen. Amen. The next slide, James 4, 13 to 17. Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow will go to this or that city and spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why you do not even know, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that, as it is. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do, it is a sin for them. So, I, so so if, if this verse is telling me, if you say you're going to do something and you don't do, it's a sin. Okay. Now, we, we can't go and tell, and tell our leaders uh, next year or two years that you didn't do what you said you're going to do and you sin. You understand? Because we are children of God. Hallelujah. Which, <laughs> you know, but I think what I'm trying to show here is that God's promises are yes and amen. And as we go to vote... Let us not vote because of promises. Uh, we, we recently had uh, uh, floods in our city. Government never knew floods would come. 
you know, and uh, it's not like there was another land they prepared uh, above Deben where everyone would be taken. You understand? You understand? Now, now, chances are the money for the jobs that could have been there would probably be used to build some houses now because some people lost homes. Now, I'm just saying, my point is, we don't know tomorrow. And we don't know who, whether Ramaphosa will be there tomorrow. We don't know whether Malema will be there tomorrow. We don't know all the other leaders who are going to be there tomorrow or my money will be there tomorrow. What then happens? Let's look at another scenario. I love scenarios. Bear with me. Three nights left. So let, let, let's, let's look at politics. Recently, the municipality striked and I was stuck in three hours on the road here in Deben, you know, and the reason for the strike was because there were some hidden agendas of people in the past. Bablindo uh, will give you the context. But, but what happened is these people were promoted while there were people who were always working there who were never promoted. And fortunately for me, I was stuck with my wife in the traffic. So that's fine. So we enjoyed the traffic. You understand? But here's my point is, one of the questions I asked myself, why was this thing coming out now? Because this thing didn't happen overnight. Do you understand? So in my mind, here's what I created in my mind. Chances are, Pastor Wayne and Mom Trish and my wife agreed that we'll promote these people. And the next thing, I said, Pastor Wayne, I want more money to keep quiet. You understand? And Pastor said, no money, bruh. I gave you the money. You understand? And then I'm like, I'm going to talk. He's like, talk. You'll never talk. And then I talk. And then there's a strike. Do you understand? Because, because this thing was not known on the week it happened. It was known, and there were people involved. So, so this why this guy I was traveling with, he said, you know, Mtua, politics are a game. I game, and you must never put your heart into them. You understand? Because today they are like this, today they are like that. Recently we were watching news, and there were issues where Malema was now saying, I'm no longer doing a collision with a DA, but I, I might consider doing a collision with ANC. But last year, there were different things. My point is, we are Christians. We can't be tossed and turned by the world like that. Today we go here, I'm going this side. We are Christians. There's a vision that we've got to maintain. Do you understand? Yes, politics are good, democracy is good, constitution is good, but what I'm trying to show you is that putting your hope and your trust in men, we are going to miss the bigger picture. Putting your hope, I... Um, okay, so this man said then again, so he then said, the problem when I'm to is we cannot vote for young politicians because young politicians do not understand uh, where we come from and what happened before 1994. And I said, oh, you are actually reminding me of a friend of mine who said he can never go to a young doctor because a young doctor does not understand. Uh, a young doctor will first do trials and errors, but an old doctor, it's easy to say, oh, I know you have this type of sickness. And he said, no, so I'm not saying that. So it, it was an ongoing debate of young leaders and old leaders, you know. And what stayed in my heart, I then remembered what the Bible also said, that do not look down on the youth. Do you understand? So to me, I then realized, I was like to say, uh, then I wanted to bring the Bible, but uh, I realized that I wasn't going to win it. But in my heart, I knew that, Lord, whichever leader you appoint, your will is going to be done. 
whether young or old, whether black or white, whether Indian or colored, your will in this city will be done. And thank you for the privilege you've given me that you are going to trust me with whatever you will tell me to put that X. Amen. Amen. So we have a role to play. Let us not be tossed and turned by politics. Yes, the decisions politicians make will affect us, but they will never touch us. Are you with me, church? I'm about to close. The next slide. So here's what we now need to understand, that the role for government, what is the role, real role then for government is, not the promises we are talking about. Romans 13, 1 to 4. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. Okay, governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God. And the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God. And those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority, do what is good. And you will have praises from the same. For he is, God, for he is God's minister for you to, for, for good. Let's look at 1 Peter, the next slide, AV. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to command those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of the foolish people. So if you look at this, the purpose, can, the purpose mostly for the state and the government, it is to maintain order. It is to administer justice in our city. It is to deal with the good and the evil. That is, that is what these verses are showing us. The rest, yes, they can do. But the primary biblical role, it is to administer justice. I think that's one of the reasons there's a high, uh, this, the, the corruption thing is very high in our country because it, 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 it's affecting what government should be standing for. All right, the next slide. So, and then the next one, AV. So, in Genesis 9, 6, God instructs Noah after the flood that whoever sheds man's blood, by man his blood shall be shed. For in the image of God, he made man. So what we see also in this verse was where God instituted a, a consequence of the wrong. That if you do this wrong, this is what must happen to you. And he was entrusting this to after the flood to Noah and the generation that would come. And he was doing this to protect, to, to say to the people that people are my image. So what I've shown you in these scriptures, it is that government's role, it is to maintain good and evil, to make sure that there's no evil in our city and to deal with the injustices. And slide 10. So three things that we need to take home and understand very, very clearly as children of God, as leaders in our societies and as parents and as young citizens, wherever we are as business people, that firstly, the family through the institution of marriage to be a primary building block in society and a vessel through which God wants to bless the nations. The businesses we are starting and the coffees we are having, that is us building a nation as a family. 
me respecting my wife and my wife respecting me and us raising children to fear God, that is me partnering with God's vision. Me calling my parents now and again, and when I have that 500 extra giving them, that is me maintaining the family unit. It is not black tax. Me looking after my sisters and my siblings when I can, that is me upholding the family unit because that is my responsibility. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, so the nation, for it to be built, it will start with us and our families. Me forgiving my siblings, however they have wronged me, that is me upholding God's vision of the family. Secondly, the church, the body of believers throughout the ages that carry the truth of God, proclaim the gospel, disciple the nations, and advance the kingdom of God in society. And that's what we're doing here. You being here, the 24-7 prayers, the women meeting in May, that is us, the church, playing its role. Thirdly, the state which is to represent the justice of God and protect society by writing and adopting laws, implementing and enforcing laws, and interpreting and evaluating laws. So church, may we stand. I'm, I'm finishing off. May we stand. church this morning, when we meet again, we're going to meet uh, in a South Africa that I guess it is only known by God. Hallelujah. Yeah. You know, and the exciting part is we're going to be entering in deeper into the marvelous May. Amen. So whatever happens on Wednesday, whatever doesn't happen, Jesus is still going to be Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. And we are still going to go to the prayer room 24-7. And on the 19th, praise the good Lord that whatever happens on Wednesday, we are still bringing our IDs to register for the prayer room. Do you understand? So what happens on Wednesday and what doesn't happen? Jesus is still Lord and he is still seated on the throne. And it is our responsibility as Christians, as children of God, to trust God to do a difference in our city. Hallelujah. It is our responsibility to hold the word of God and use it in our workspaces, in the marketplace. It is our responsibility, church, that when the speed limit is 120, we maintain 120. It is our responsibility to love and respect each other because we are Christians. Lower AV, I asked you a question earlier that what's the difference with you being a Christian compared to someone not being a Christian? We have a responsibility to play. And government is not going to build the nation that God wants to build if we as Christians don't do something about that. So let us trust God in the midst of it all for leaders that are going to rise. Let us trust God for the likes of Okoza who are going to stand up and their voices are going to be heard. You never know that as you start playing your role, you might be raising a leader. You might be raising the next president. You might be raising the next SRC president. You might be raising someone who will own the municipality in our city. You never know. It starts with us. And it will end with us. So let us worship. And I want us to pray as this song plays. 
I just want us to pray and let's worship God and trust God for a better city. Thank you, A.V. Father, we come before you. We thank you this morning. We thank you, Father, that you are sending us, Lord, in the name of Jesus. You are sending us to a nation, Kulukulu, that you have entrusted us with. We pray for boldness, Lord. We pray, mighty God, that may we be able to read your word in the name of Jesus and apply it. Thank you, Father, that greater things are going to happen in our city. That leaders are going to rise in the name of Jesus. That mighty God, no venue will have any violence on Wednesday in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, that you are going to work in our hearts as Christians in the name of Jesus. Thank you that we will not just listen to your word, but we are going to be doers of the word in the name of Jesus. Father, as we worship you this morning, we thank you that you are changing our hearts in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, and we pray for our leaders right now. I'd like to invite everyone who is involved in politics. I'd like to invite everyone who is involved in politics to please come up front. I want us to pray for you. Everyone who works for the municipality, for any state-owned enterprises, I'd like to invite you to please come up front. We are going to pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Babkosa, please come. Please come. Don't want me to call you. But if you're involved in politics, please come. If you work for the municipality, for any state-owned enterprise, please come. Because these are the people who are going to be the salt and light in the government we are in. Hallelujah. If you are in the marketplace, I'm inviting you to please come. Because these are the people who are going to bring hope to many Christians. And all of us, we're going to have, the church will not lack any funds. If you are in the marketplace, you have a business. And I'm inviting you to please come. I want us to pray for you. I want us to pray for you if you're in business. Thank you, Lord. All those in business or all those who want to start businesses, I just want us to pray. We're going to stretch hands over them and we're going to pray. These are the people that God has positioned for a purpose wherever they are to advance the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. And we're going to pray that, Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Father. If you're in the marketplace or you want to be in the marketplace, please come. If you are working for any state, please come. Church, I want us to stretch our hands. I want us to pray for them together. Father, we come before you. We thank you, Father, for boldness. We thank you, Father, that the people you have in front of us right now, Lord, there will be an example that, Father God, they will stand by your word in the name of Jesus. When everyone goes to lunch for three hours, they will go for lunch for an hour, Lord. They will make a difference where they are. I pray that, mighty God, you give them the strength and the boldness to stand for what is right. Those in business, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus, they will not take any money, Lord, for their businesses to grow in the name of Jesus. Because they're going to be sending a message to our nation in the name of Jesus that we as Christians, this is how we do business. This is how God wants to build the nation in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, that in each and every person here, Lord, they lack nothing, Lord, because they have you in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, that they are blessed in and out. We thank you that they are protected, Father, even when people, they scare them and they are afraid. Father, but we thank you that they are hiding in you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. 
We thank you, Father. Give them strength. Bless them, Father. Protect them. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. And lastly, lastly, Bazalwane, it's joy being a Christian. And I just want to extend an invite that if you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you will not be able to live in the city we are living in boldly and courageously. We are able to do what we do because we know that there's a God. And I just want to invite whoever is here and you know that I hear you, but I don't know this God and I don't know how to live in this city. I don't see this greatness. And if it is that you, that you have never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'd like to invite you to come up front. We are going to pray for you and you are going to be, you're going to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Because we cannot live in this nation without Jesus being our Lord and Savior. And if it is, that, if it's, it is you, may you please raise your hand and we're going to pray with you. And we're going to invite you up front and we're going to pray with you that the Lord will do wonders in your life. If you are here and you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'm inviting you to come up front. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Do I see a hand at the back? All right. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let us close our eyes. Father, we thank you as we leave. We thank you for your word this morning. And as we leave, Father, thank you for fellowship. Thank you that there is peace in our homes. There is unity where we stay. Thank you, Father, that you're going to use us for great, for great and mighty words in our city. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Go well, church. Thank you for tuning in. For more messages like these and other resources, you can visit our website at iandurban.org. Remember to subscribe to our podcast channel to stay up to date with the latest sermons. Be blessed.